friends. Welcome back to Maya, my yoga audio. I'm your host, Megan Morgan. And we're back here again today with another wonderful guest who I cannot wait to introduce you to. She is one of the most amazing teachers, if not the most amazing teacher I've ever had in my life. And her name is Aurea Magdalene. And I took a course with her about five years ago called Magdalene University. And I want to read you something um, about her so you can get a little idea of the magnitude of the greatness of this person. When it is your time, when the bell has gone off inside you to walk into your gifts for humanity, there is no turning back. Aurea Magdalene is a metaphysical teacher, psychic reader, energy workmaster, sound healer, and speaker. She is a guide and a tool giver, a teacher and healer of teachers and healers. It's joyful to gain your mastery and the dark night of the soul or ego dissolution process is challenging, which is an understatement of measure. So she is here to assist you in your process to clear the last of your major patterns and to help you facilitate the reintegration of your light body and oneness. It is her joy and her path in life. She's developed her heart and her channel to an amazing degree. She says good degree, I say amazing degree. But here is her message. You can do it too, you already are, and she's excited for you. So Aurea, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you, I'm delighted. <laughs> so I know that was a lot of, you know, of, of what you are. And I think when people meet you and get to know that they will just sense that from you. And, you know, I've done this kind of formal introduction of you, but I would love it if you would tell our listeners and watchers here on YouTube more about who, who you are as a person, you know, in your own words, your evolution to who you are today um, and what you do in the world and, and anything that's on your heart. It's we were just saying before we hit record, it's the winter solstice today. It's early, early in the morning, and it's just a special time for us to be in, in this transitionary period and sharing with, with you. Yeah. Yes. Good. Well, I knew from childhood that I wanted to be a healer. Mm -hmm. I knew that I was going to go to college and go through psychotherapy training and I didn't want to be a head teacher I want I from the beginning knew I wanted to really address the the whole being you know the the health the heart the intuition so I became a shiatsu practitioner uh acupressure and while I was doing that everything showed up the sound was pressing on me and the energy work and I could start to see the chakras. I, I was studying um, with the Japanese master. I started to be able to see the lines of the meridians. <laughs> and uh, I must've been a, an acupuncturist for many lifetimes, you know, mm -hmm. and had the, you know, honor of, of working with a man who was in a lineage, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I must've had that because they showed up. And even still now when I do energy work, at least once a week, I'm 
seeing, you know, some issue is related to the lines, you know, uh, let's say in the heart, heart meridians or anyway. So then I became a MFT counselor and I did that for a while, but the energy work and the psychic work just was more mine and the sound healing. And so I started studying with people who do what I do now. And uh, it evolved until now my sessions are people talk. Yes. Um, they say, you know, what's important to them, what their issues are, what they'd like out of the session. And then I go in and I go to their higher self and I ask, you know, their questions and what's most important to the higher self. Where's the energy working? Because always energy is working where your issue is lighting up. And let me just explain this because it's so interesting mm -hmm. how the enlightenment works. So in an energy center, a chakra. So let's just say, since I'm right here, let's say a throat chakra. Your issues come usually as coping mechanisms. You know, you are hearing things that were too harsh or you needed to speak to get your needs met or because it was your um, agreement to be, uh, you know, of counsel <laughs> to your parents or your siblings. So anyway, you get these patterns that are fixed and you always are doing that and you're always being that and you're always blocking that and you're always feeling a duty to do this in a relationship cord. Mm -hmm. And these fixed entities or structures, when we get to a point of, of mm, strong evolution, start to unwind and we start to see them and learn about them. They give up their gifts and ultimately they dissolve. And the light that was sitting in them, let's say in that thing that says, don't listen, <laughs> the, the part of your consciousness that was holding that um, is absorbed back into the core of the chakra and that's enlightenment. And when all those structures clear and the light comes in, and sets or anchors, I call that uh, chakra consecration. And because I heard that word and then all the chakras start doing that and they all start talking to each other. And that's an, the enlightenment process. And I'm writing a book about it with my stories and my students' stories and little tools. Woohoo! So anyway, back to my story. So I eventually was doing a session where people got to talk, but then I also looked, I did energy work, I did sound healing, which is what I still do now. And um, then I started teaching, I've had five different schools. I started having a school for psychotherapists. Um, I was in my early thirties and um, we taught the people just coming out of the schools the alternative therapies, all the mm -hmm. masculine and feminine and the relationship cords and, you know, the, the extras. And that was really fun. And I had something called, um, we called it STA, Spiritual Teachers Assembly. Uh, and we had uh, our Saturday mornings in a Redwood Circle in uh, Mill Valley in Marin, California. <laughs> anyway, so I've been teaching a long time. And let's see if there's anything else to say. Um, well, I had the honor of meeting my twin soul, um, male counterpart 
uh, early in this life and we were in relationship romantically for a long, long time. And now we're best friends. And he, you know, when you have a strong soulmate, they, as he says, the, the light goes in, in a laser fashion to exactly where you need it <laughs> and pops those oldest, oldest patterns. So I had the grace of having his love and his brilliant mind. And we're both uh, throat chakra people. So we talked everything to death and then we <laughs> learned how to not talk and give each other space. Anyway, I learned so much about relationship and the skills. Oh, and I should say, I really, this is another important part of me. I was way out of my body as a young person. Um, my mom would come along. I would just be gone. I was with a broom in my hand. I'd just be gone. She'd pat me, keep moving, honey, keep moving, because I just would go. And so because of that, I became a very practical, you know this, uh, skill giver you know, like the ABCs of doing a human life, especially as a light worker, someone who mm -hmm. came in um, to be of service and has that very, you know, lots of, <laughs> lots of skills that are coming in to this day. And I really support all of you to at attend to really your, your being, what, what's coming in. Uh, it's important for the world so I think that's enough about that oh so good well and I want to jump off of what you just said about how you were when you were little and growing up and that was one of the first things you taught our group about the importance of doing this work was finding your grounding and finding your tools to get your feet back off back onto the ground I should yes. say because I feel similarly to you I'm like a double or triple Aquarian or whatever by the you know how horoscopes go and so I always find myself just and my partner who of course you know Richard is that kind of force in my life like helping me to to remind me where the the ground is and and bring me back down to uh, earth and relationship but I have to do that for myself too and I found that a lot of I don't know if you feel comfortable reviewing some of the the grounding tips that um, you taught our class, maybe like one or two things that listeners could practice, yeah. especially in this season, right? We go into Christmas and New Year's and it's like, yeah. but we really need to be slowing down. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, first, I'll say that the energy centers uh, work in pairs. And so the first and second chakra work together. And so that's what we do in Magdalene University we first ground and then we work with containment uh, and filling in the second chakra with our own beauty and sweetness of life and uh, nourishment. And um, so skills for the first chakra, I would say uh, first and foremost, feel and breathe in the the energies of the earth that you love, which might be plants or it might be animals or it might um, you know, be uh, gardening, flowers, um, you might be an exercise person, stretch, stretch laying on the ground, mm. you know, and receive. So, and I have something called the pancake, but best done in the spring or for <laughs> summer when you just lay five minutes on your tummy on the ground and then five minutes on your back. And 
The earth magnetizes literally the heavier energies off of you, but you can do that sit, just sitting and asking the light from above you to come down. You might anchor it anywhere that you feel to, but a good place is here in the upper chest, which is the sacred heart, the place where we re receive the most of our higher self and guides energies. And then those energies go out to the rest of the world. So a good overarching integration technique is holding here with your dominant. Most people, that's your right hand. And by the way, the dominant energy is the energy you step out in. You know, that is for most people is the right. But some people, it's the left. So, so anyway, sacred heart, earth, and then rhythm. Any type of a beat. Like right now, anybody who's watching, if you just find a beat that actually feels good to you in your body and just pat your leg or tap your foot, and it could be a jazzy beat, it could just be a straight beat, but you'll find it wakes up the first chakra. It it uh, draw literally your first chakra opens to that rhythm because, you know, in utero, our mother's heartbeat and the actual circadian rhythm of the earth has a beat. So our physical bodies run on a beat. And so if you are doing anything where your root chakra is going kablooey, like losing a job, ending a relationship, moving house, moving state, <laughs> country, your root chakra will go through a little transition. And a beat during that is great. Or when you're on an airplane, you'll, 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 you'll basically, um, be stimulated to bring all your attention down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when you're walking um, or anytime to feel the bottoms of your feet or in MU, I ask people to get, you know, their favorite cream and just hold their feet, touch their feet with yummy cream, feet and ankles. So in the legs, I should say this, in the legs and in the arms, they are a mini chakra system. So in the arm, the hands are the root chakra, the wrist. If everyone just holds a wrist while I'm talking, just gently, lovingly, and you could even put it at your heart, just feel the effect on you. So the wrists are the second chakra, the emotional body. The big muscles in the arms and legs are the third chakra, which is the doer, the action. The elbows and the knees are the heart, which is the accepting of all things as they are. And above, I won't go through it, but you know, uh, throat chakra, third eye, crown chakra, and then up to our um, joint, which is the opener to the rest <laughs> of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's some, a few. Good grounding techniques, yeah. Those were really, I cannot wait for your book. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> wait for your book. And in the meantime, we have, um, I was telling you before we started, and I don't know if everyone can, oh, we can't really see it because I have a background of it. This is the binder. This is the the textbook um, that yes, we had. That people call the MU Bible. The now. MU Bible. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And you go into such depth, like when I was reviewing it, the last couple of days, I was I kept getting brought to tears. It doesn't take much, but I, I kept getting brought to tears by just the amount of love and care of 
all this work you've done, all this writing and sharing it with us. And then every single page, you had a footer at the um, bottom of the page saying, please share this document freely. Like, even though you've, you've given this, you know, we paid for this course and you've done all this work, the fact that you share it so freely, um, I really, I want to encourage people listening when this book comes out, whether it's the one you're writing about the process or whether it's the MU Bible or do both um, to encourage you to buy that. There's, it's a lifetime's worth of work and energy that goes into it. That's um, so valuable. And well, maybe I should start, we were talking about this before and I didn't know if I'd have the courage, but um, when we- Do it, do it. (laughs) When we started MU in February of 2017, so I was in Araya's first class, which she's had several since. Um, and she asked us to write after we'd been together a little bit, you know, getting to know one another. And I knew a few people in the class, but most of them were were new, new souls to me. And she asked us to write a letter to ourselves about how we felt about taking this course and our journey. And <clears throat> I want to clear my throat so that I <laughs> hopefully don't cry. And this is what I wrote. You have known for a long time now that this is what was needed. The love that you share so freely with others is now waiting for you to share with yourself. Know that you are capable of many great things. Know that you contain innate and real wisdom to be shared. Refrain from the actions and thoughts that take you away from being your highest self, the self you are waiting to truly be, reveal, and fall in love with. Your work is not in vain. You know the reach of your spiritual gifts. The time for actionable galactical love is here. Your beauty, energy, and abilities know no bounds. Step into them. Take your seat. Acknowledge the scepter that is in your hands and the crown that is on your head. Envelop the wisdom of the ancients, for it is the way of now, too. Embrace your rightful existence as a sentient and transformative being and vibrate from this place of love, commitment, and rootedness. Plant your feet, lift your head and your heart. Open your mouth, swallow it whole. You are starving and it is time to feel full. You are worth saving. You are worth sharing. You are worth being. You are worth loving. Where does that come from? That's just from spending 30 minutes with you (laughs) and a group of, you know, other people who are on the same kind of journey. Like, and I'm getting emotional, not because I'm sad. It's just like, we have to remind ourselves of what we're, we're capable of. And you're a person who really just has this incredible gift of helping people figure out, like you said, you're already doing it. It's already there. You're just helping them to uncover what they were meant to find. Thank you. That is exactly right. And what a gorgeous self-love letter. I got total (laughs) chills more than once. (laughs) Yeah, I think I might have to print that out somewhere and (laughs) or tape it up on my wall or or just a reminder because we forget, right? Daily life comes kind of gets in the way of we can't live in that world every single second of the day, but just we need those reminders of what we're here to do. Absolutely. Yeah. That was a great reminder. Yeah. When I was going through um, 
the other parts of the manual, the MU Bible, that really um, spoke to me. One of them was relationship cords. And it's something I hear a lot of people talking about now. I didn't at that time. And I think you, I think people need to learn it from you. I wonder if you would talk a little bit about, or a lot, however it feels right um, to talk yeah, about. I'd really. love to, I'd love to. Okay. Oh, I'm still taking in your, <laughs> your beauty. Um, okay, so, you know, I have a whole four page handout on relationship cords and truly if anyone would like to, you know, just text me and say, send me this at this email, I'll do it. Because this and really all my material is, is meant for this time on earth for everyone. And um, yeah, I'll just say that Magdalene University came in a whole cloth. I was in a, a octagon cedar um, little, little building in a cedar forest on Whidbey Island. And I just asked, okay, I've done everything. What's, what's next? And it was like the, the, you know, the, the up and coming healers and teachers need the refinement of the way that you, you know, see and work mm -hmm. and uh, are able to impart the skills. So anyway, back to relationship cords. I always say that relationship cords should be taught in kindergarten, truly, because we need to know what we're, what are we doing down here with each other? And why does it feel hard? Why does it? Yeah. So let me talk about the, the arc of a relationship cord. But first of all, relationship cords are teaching structures. They're literally a light that goes from the side of one of your energy centers to the side of somebody else's. And when they're almost done, instead of being full-time giving or receiving light, they go to the back of the chakra and they're intermittent. They are sometimes on and sometimes off. And then finally they dissolve. So at the, be at the beginning of a relationship cord, uh, the person who is receiving it has some idea that they are inadequate there or you know less than whole and they need a reminder. That's the way I like to think of it. They need a reminder of what's possible in that chakra. Um, so for example, when I was young, I had a very dominant mother, but really this was a setup. I sort of gave up my third chakra, my ability to plan and do. And I saw later it was because I am so powerful. I didn't want to do until I had my heart and my spirit connected. So my, my doing didn't come in until my mid thirties. It was interesting. So anyway, um, I had a cord with my mom where she was, you know, impacting me. Um, and I was receiving from her uh, what to do and how to do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So anyway, the arc is the receiver is getting something they feel that they need. Uh, and the giver is giving something that really they're not a master at yet, usually, sometimes. But more often, they just want the practice of teaching it so they can learn it better. So when I see a relationship cord, I always ask first, are you giving or receiving? And, um, and almost all relationship cords in adulthood are a match to one you had with a parent. Oh. You're usually learning the same things 
Like, let's say here's a common one. You overgive in your second chakra. You give your emotional energy out to somebody else to soothe them, to nourish them, uh, to help them learn what they feel. Um, or you're a first chakra person, you ground them, you stabilize them, you help them know who they are. Uh, you help them, you know, have survival skills. So you're giving something. Um, but I want to go back to the second chakra. So if you give your water, that's in the second chakra, the emotion, you overgive it, uh, you feel depleted. And if you take on in the family other people's emotion, I'm, I'm, I'm mixing up my left and right because I'm trying to do it for the viewer. But anyway, um, if you receive other people's emotion, like you're the washing machine of the family, you feel congested, tired, and also depleted. Uh, so those are there for learning. And ultimately, we release all the cords. Uh, right about the time we go into ego dissolution, it's time to finish doing uh, giving on relationship cords. And we start to give really more from our being, not from our personality, our little personal heart, mm -hmm. our little personal emotion. We're at a higher frequency, our energy is going faster, and our being can grok what somebody needs sometimes without our consciousness even being there and you know show up to help them get that more from their own self mm. um so let me just say again the arc so the arc at the beginning when you first make the cord it feels like heaven it feels like oh my long lost person oh what i've always needed or I finally, you know, who I am and what I have to give is finally needed by someone else. It's very magical. That doesn't last. <laughs> and then we usually go into the power struggle. And what that's about is, let's say uh, you were giving to me in my heart. And at first I was like, oh, I feel so loved and known. But always we want to go back to being able to do it for ourselves. So there would be a point that I would be saying to you, wait, wait, I don't want that. I, I need to do this for myself. But I wouldn't be very skillful at it, usually at the beginning. And you would feel rejected. And what do you mean? And as that goes on, where we, we uh, start to not want it hardly at all, we both go into a crisis. It's a relationship cord crisis energy where we're both kind of traumatized and feeling like, well, wait a minute, did you ever love me? And did I ever really like even like them? And what, you know, what does this all mean? So anyway, after the cord breaks, one of two things happens. If it's really just a learner relationship, it finishes you go your way, they go theirs. If it's a, a dharmic lifetime path uh, relationship soulmate that you're going to be with them forever, you drop that cord. If you are still making cords, you make another one and you learn something else together. <laughs> and you can have two or three cords with one person. Um, but ultimately, people always ask me, well, can you have a relationship without cords? And absolutely. I have many of my past partners in my life. We have no cords and we just, you know, honor and treasure one another. 
but we don't feel uh, what, what you feel on a cord is a sense of duty. Like you must give or you must receive. Oh, so, yeah. Do you know, I have a really good example. Oh, I just got like a ripple of a, because we tend to think, I think when we think of relationship cords of like codependency, you know, type of relationship, like heavy ones. And there was one um, I had with a student. So when I was teaching yoga more full time, I had about 10 classes a week. And there was this one student, um, a gentleman that came to every class, like every class. And, you know, we became very friendly and always knowing what was going on in his life and him and mine. And then one day he stopped coming and I worried. I kind of thought, you know, I hope nothing happened. He didn't fall or, you know, what, what you know, what's happening. And I kept asking people at the, the place where I taught, have you heard from this person? No, no, no. We haven't even seen him. Months later, I saw him. I was in the gym. I was working out and he came up to me and he said, hi. And I was like, oh, I said, You're, it's great to see you. How have you been? And he says, I hope you haven't been offended. I said, no, I've been worried. You know, you used to come every day for years, literally for years. He said, no, I came to class one day and he said, I realized that I was trying to take your energy. He said, I was trying to take what you were giving and absorb that into my life and make that be my happiness. And he said, and then I realized that I was stealing from oh. you and I needed to go and find something for myself. And he's like, it doesn't mean I'll never come back to yoga. He said, I just had this really profound, and he got kind of, he's a very kind of rough and tumble guy, like really into baseball and stuff. And he, he became overwhelmed. And he said, I didn't know what to do with that, but I knew that it had to end and I had to figure it out for myself. Oh, bless him. I know. And I thought, but that's, it was after I took your course that that happened. And I thought, wow, like, is this translating through to the people? And that's what it, that place that I was teaching at that time, I want to be careful because I don't want to say the place. I had felt this urge to go for a really long time and felt a sense of obligation to the students that we had such a strong, you know, co-relationship that I didn't want to leave. And it was like him doing that gave me the permission, like, oh, they're going to be okay. Like, it's going to be okay <laughs> if I leave. So thank you for that. You are so welcome. Thank you for, you know, being who you are and uh, teaching others through your openness. Beautiful. Oh, well, you've had, oh, I wanted to touch on one more, one more point. And then I want you to talk more about um, Magdalene University, because I know you have courses coming up in the um, study sessions in the new year. I want to say actually one more thing about relationship courts. Okay. Yep, this is just an important thing because, you know, when I was coming up in the healing world, there there was this idea of cutting oh, yeah. the cords. And I just want to say that that doesn't work, um, that the cord is literally a conscious being between you and another person. It's a conscious agreement from your soul. And what works is learning the lesson that you made the cord you made the agreement to learn. And so really two things, asking yourself, what am, what am I attempting to teach myself and really going deep and sort of dropping the other person out of your consciousness and really like, what is this about for me when you feel that push and pull with anyone? And then also to go inwardly and speak to them and say, you know, if you feel ready to complete, you have to ask yourself if you feel ready to complete. But when you do, Am I, no, 
speaking to the other person, I am ready to uh, really go into my enlightenment and not have any relationship cords. And, you know, I, I'd like to um, complete our agreement. And then there are some techniques to, uh, one's called squeegee, where you just bring the energy from your side to theirs and you just drop it lovingly into their energy system so they can, you know, get the last of the learning for themselves. Anyway, and then you need to uh, re-anchor your chakra that had that idea that they needed something from outside by filling it with your higher self energy and the earth energy. And also, it's always good when a chakra is imbalanced to ask what other chakra in the system would help you remember who you are. And sometimes that's often the first chakra, the grounding or the heart. Um, so anyway, just wanted to say, important to not be rough and tough with any part of you, <laughs> including your relationship courts. Always res respectful, loving, you know, attention to the mm -hmm. self and all of our agreements that we've made for a reason. Yeah. 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 I think that's one of the reasons there's a lot of talk on that too. Like just cut it off, cut people off this and that. But as you said, there is a consciousness there that still needs dealing with. And you may think you've cut it off, but it's still going to just be dangling there unless you can you know, honor yourself and honor that person and, and the relationship and dissolve it in the way that um, that needs to be done. Thank you. Yes, yes. Thank you and for the, that. Energy, the energy of gratitude completes karma. Just want to say that. Yeah, that's, a, that's important. Yeah. Um, I wanted to return to what you said something earlier. Oh, that relationship cords should be taught in kindergarten. And when I was going through the, the manual again last night, and it was one of the lessons I'd forgotten about, and it was listen to the children. And you had like a, a tip sheet of like 21 different ways to work with children through energetic and spiritual processes. And my, as listeners know, my, my girls are grown now, but at the time when I was going through your um, class, they were still teenagers and they're always going to be babies in my heart. Um, and other people in the class had had young children as well. So I found um, in taking that course, you address the whole, like the whole being, the whole person really from birth, pre-birth to, you know, beyond. Yeah. Um, and maybe some of the things I know a lot of our listeners do have, have younger, younger children and they're, you know, navigating life. And I know I always had this paranoia about <laughs> trying not to scar them, you know, as, as much as possible, just, and I know it's a lot to ask because there's 21 in there, but some of your, your takeaways for parents who are, are raising children in this wild world and how they can help them be more spiritually and energetically um, connected. Mm, beautiful. Maybe if you have it in front of you, maybe you'll read one, but oh, I will just okay. go off. I'll just go off the cuff just want to say always my heart has been you know for the children and that I I worked with teenagers exclusively for many many years really in different periods of my life and now the uh, late teens and the early 20, 20s are coming back um, to be taught by me and uh, just there in my heart 
Also, I want to say in my um, private practice, I do sessions where I can read a relationship with anyone, including a baby in utero, and you know what the some of the contracts are to learn together, what they intend to give you to support you, what is best for you at any time of your child's life. You can do for them what any other parents or grandparents, uh, you know, are contracted to give and receive. So, you know, I, I'd love to do that for anybody with kids because I feel like, you know, the kids are so important. And also one of my main motivations of going through my enlightenment that I just always had in my heart was that I wanted any child to get to see an adult that was frisky and vital and, you know, their light went up and down through the body. So unconsciously they knew that they could, you know, stay alive, you know, and juicy all the way through their lives and that, that their, their light, their enlightenment was possible at every age. So I, I always yeah. have had a heart for the kids. So yeah, what's my main thing? I, I'm still raising children. I have two god goddaughters, um, five and seven, and a granddaughter. And you know, it, I won't ever not have children <laughs> in my life. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, from in the morning, I have one granddaughter who's so emotionally sensitive. If you can catch the moment that they go off balance immediately as opposed to wait to the third or fourth or fifth time mm -hmm. when they're just you know nutso mm -hmm. if you can catch the first moment because you know usually they wake up happy things are rolling just like us and you know how it is you can be your heart can be so open you something small can happen you could lose your keys and you can plummet right well, the children, you know, already have their little grouping of, you know, ego formation difficulties. And so if you can, when there's a bump, get right with them and, and really let it be important. Even if it's the most silliest possible thing, a drop of their sister's gravy got on their toy, you know, is you can really just bring your heart to whatever that is you know, and it's, it, it's not the thing. It's that they, they are losing their grounding or their heart is hurting or their emotional body just got too full of everybody else. And if you can just be with them for a moment and just really breathe, breathe with them, hopefully make them laugh, then you're setting them for the day. So there's a, there's a tool that yeah. I like to offer. That, and that was your first one was be present. Their most basic need is for, for you to be present with them. And, and it reminded me in the, the quote you used here of um, Toni Morrison said one time, the only thing your children want to know is that your face lights up when they come into the room. Oh, beautiful. And I feel like that's, that's so much of what you say. Oh my gosh, these are so good. I love this one. Follow their intuition believe what children say they see or hear ask them to tell you more listen to their ideas many children live with their awareness in a spectrum of dimensions more than we have experienced before so help them be comfortable being their real selves and help them move into creation and imagination i know that's hard for a lot of 
people, and I've probably told you this before as a, as a child, I would see and hear and experience things. And when I would speak about it, it was like, <laughs> we don't talk about that. Like you just keep that. And I, you know, I know it didn't come from a place of malice. It came from, I don't want to get a call from the church. I don't want to get a call from your teacher. Like, you know, those kinds of things. So then your next guidance was be aware of parenting patterns you have internalized from those who have parented you. Right. And then not continuing that um, uh, cycle of, of enacting a pattern that doesn't feel good or doesn't sit right with you. And I think that can kind of be applied to all of our relationships too. Like it applies to our kids, but like, when you find yourself, I call myself out when I find myself saying, and it happens less often now, but about 20 years ago, I would find sayings coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe I just said that. Like, you know, a, a parental figure said that to me and I vowed I would never say it. And so I would, you know, try to stop it there, like acknowledge it and, and stop yeah. it. But and it's, it's so important for the children and for everyone for us to be um, transparent, to say, oh, I don't like the way that just sounded that I said that. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, this is how I would like to say it. You know, always just turn mm-hmm. things to the positive. You know, don't stick in a, in a heavy vibration with kids. Just go towards what will work. And, you know, ap- apologize, but not in like a heavy, poor me, you know, mm. but like, oh, that sounded really awful. Okay, let's try that again. You know, humor, I would say is my number one skill and my number one offering that everyone says in MU they love the most. <laughs> it's my tenderness and my, and my humor, so. Oh, it's so true. I, my whole family, everybody <laughs> loves Araya. Richard loves Araya. People may find that hard to believe because they think he's so stern, but his whole, even I just mentioned your name and his whole face relaxes into a, a smile and she has guided us through through difficult conversations. She's provided insight with, with my girls when they've been going through different times and they love her. I don't want to, you know, get further into that, but just know whether it's through you know, one-on-one or, or MU, actually, this might be a good time to talk about what's coming up this year for Magdalene University and what, what you're offering and when it's starting and all Yay. that. Okay, great. Well, I want to say that my website is simple. It's magdaleneuniversity.com. And the way that I spell Magdalene does not have an E on the end. So it's M-A-G-D-A-L-E-N university.com and in there are the schedules and the fees and I believe that next spring course starts on February 26th and the schedule is one Sunday a month from one to four uh, Pacific time and then every other Tuesday it's it it works for working people and uh, I usually don't take more than eight people. It's a small class. You get a lot of personal attention. I do three check-ins during the course. The course is about four and a half months. And you, uh, my teaching style is not a lot of talking. My teaching style is the shortest possible explanation, a demo or guiding you through something and then practice with your peers or sometimes practicing in front of me. Um, And so, 
yeah, let me just say about the course. The course has two basic tracks. There's a, a personal enlightenment track where we're, we're going through each chakra in depth, both yours and in general. You know, if a first chakra is out of balance, I have 20 things you can recognize with that chakra being out of balance. It's called first chakra issues. And then there's first chakra healing and there's 20 some odd healing tools per chakra. So we're going through the chakras. We're looking at how the uh, enlightenment really works in any human energy system. And then particularly yours, how you can look at it yourself, how you can work with it yourself. And um, again, it's fun, it's fast moving, it's, and it's your timing. Uh, I don't, if there's no homework, I have no expectations. And on my online platform is all my material. You can look at it at two o'clock in the morning. It's yours to look at during the <laughs> course. And there's many, many audios. People often say when they start to grok it, they're like, oh, I'll never get through this. I said, that's right. <laughs> you won't get through it. So what, what one thing that everybody learns in MU is to stop pushing themselves, is to go for the joy. Like if we're back in the second chakra, but you are a sound healer, just go to, go to that. Listen to that. If the thing you want the most is the guides, do that. Just go listen to me. Talk about that and look at the handouts on uh, contacting your guides. Um, if you're interested in past lives or... Uh, bringing more light in from light lives, you know, there's, there's something for each person, which brings me to, oh, I forgot. So there's two tracks. There's a personal enlightenment in every Magdalene University course. And then there is the activation of your intuitive healing gifts. Mm. And those are different for everyone, though everyone has them all, but people usually come in and, and have more uh, one or two lit up because they've been using that most recently in other lives. So you might come in, you can uh, hear inwardly, but you can't see. Or some people, their energy work is really good, um, uh, but they they can't uh, hear anything. Or um, some people feel everything in their body, but they can't see. You know, everybody's different. And what I always say to each person, because everybody wants every skill, especially the ones they don't have, of course, our human nature. Um, I always say, you know, if you want it, you ask for it inwardly every day and it will come. That's what I did. That's what all my students have done. If you want a skill, you ask for it and then you follow anybody's guidance. You know, I have guidance to open any skill. Um, so um, the personal enlightenment and then the healing, people will learn, uh, you know, clairvoyance, seeing, clairaudience, hearing, um, ener energy work, um, and uh, following the light and assisting somebody else. I believe that all the people who are coming really want to be self-teachers. And so my whole way of working with someone is helping them gain their mastery to do themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And how to, as a, as a practitioner, to assist the other person to look at things with you. And I don't believe in being the guru that somebody has to pay for the rest of their life, you know? So anyway, um, 
Yeah. So basically the whole thing opens your channel so that the light can come all the way through who you are, what your mission is, what you are bringing here can land, can the light can not get stuck. There are veils between the chakras that open up during enlightenment and that light that you are can start to come through every chakra and into the earth, your frequencies to heal the planet. And ultimately each chakra after it goes it consecrates after it drops out the ego uh, structures and you have all the light, it gains and gains and gains until what I call goes global. So then that chakra is really holding all heart chakras or all first chakras on the planet. And we, we have such a huge capacity, more than I know, um, but uh, Magdalene University is ultimately to assist you to to strengthen and open your channel to bring your gifts so mm. yeah oh so anyway there's the course right and then i have two new offerings and one old one i want to talk, talk about so the old one is after mu1 there's mu2 which is a um, practice class for graduates and we get together, we decide what's the most exciting to practice that is from Magdalene University or from anywhere in the world. And I just channel it, I can just bring it in and I demo it the best I can. And I put people in pairs and they practice. We come back and we talk about it and brag about what came through us and how exciting that all is. <laughs> and so that's uh, MU2 is a practice class for graduates. And then right now I have two new offerings. One is a Magdalene University personal study, meaning you can do the course on your own time with my online platform and an every other week session with me. Um, and we will tailor the material to what you're interested in. Some people love that because they really want to do it outside of some curriculum with mm -hmm. other people. Uh, some people really want the beautiful support of others. So I have a new, the new personal study. And then the last thing is I have a new um, Magdalene University teacher track. So any graduate can become a Magdalene University teacher, teach from my material and um, have their own students that really came uh, in this life hoping to work with you, not Aurea. <laughs> yeah. So, but this is such a quick wake up program and a quick sharpen up your intuitive healing skills program. It's really, it's so whole that I just was inspired finally to let other people use it. And I'm very excited about it. I have two people already going through the MU teacher training track. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's so exciting. It's so Ooh. exciting. You have so much happening in this this coming um year. So I'll post, I want to let listeners know and watchers know. We'll post the link to MagdalenUniversity.com in the show notes and on social media. And you're we were talking beforehand. You're not, I mean, you're on social media, but not 
So people are really going to be serviced best by going to your website or getting in touch with you yes. directly as opposed to social media. So even though you'll see posts about this on Instagram and, and Facebook and, and all that, um, it's not. I do best. have an Instagram yeah. and I do have Facebook and I do, um, uh, and YouTube post YouTube. occasionally, but mm -hmm. it's not the best place for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's, she's very direct. And if, if you reach out, Oh, I know what her. I wanted to say that yeah. I do have a, a YouTube page mm -hmm. that has a, a few of my lectures on relationship cords. There's one and I think there's one on guides. So, okay. I'll post links to that too and share okay. that so people can, um, can view all of that. Oh, you're such a treasure. Do you have, I know you said your book is in the editing process right now so is it early new year you think that it will be out <laughs> I think it will be mid to late uh 2023 oh, actually, okay. because I have the the body of it like it's called the enlightenment process uh mm -hmm. stories and tools to map your path and the the actual part of the all the stages of enlightenment all that's already written but I'm still plugging in and I hope I'll get one from you you know, stu student stories of their enlightenment. I have a lot of my stories and I have tools for each stage. So I'm oh. still plugging in the stories is okay. why it's not done. Yeah. Yeah. No, it has to be come in its own time. And I already yeah. know it's going to be amazing. So I will plug it whenever it comes out. I'm going to buy it whenever it comes out. Um, for those of you who've been following or listening for a while, you know, I wrote a book uh, in 2019, which was two years after I took Aurea's um, Magdalene University course and there's a chapter devoted to her and to my experience in that course and so it's also on this channel on my yoga audio the book is um, audible audibly available on uh, the podcast and, and one it's of the awesome everybody it's a <laughs> really really good read you have shared it with so many thank you um, one of the the tidbits I wanted to share from that even though I've had like abilities, quote unquote, um, my whole life. I was, I always felt very overwhelmed by them, very frightened by them, like not sure what to do about them. And going through this course with Aurea taught me to not be afraid of that. And when I think back on that time, it was so joyful. I felt so good about this. Like it wasn't anything to be afraid of. It was a way for me to look at it as a, as a gift and, and as a tool for, so instead of when I encounter somebody on the street and I get some kind of visual energy, audio, whatever it is that I get from them, instead of me just being totally jolted and afraid, it just taught me to do something with that energy. Do I just need to move away? Is this a person that I need to meet? You know, it's, it's worked both, both ways. Um, and there's probably about a dozen people I've met since that time who they had that same experience when we crossed, it was like, I feel like I know you, or I feel like I'm supposed to know you. And it wasn't this weird, like, are you hitting on me or any, you know, that sort of thing. It was a genuine connection where they could see me and I could see them. And instead of just running away from that, I've, I've come into some really beautiful friends, um, and one has been a guest on the show, Jesse Bliss, Aww. a few episodes back. You know, we just met each other and knew instantly that we were connected and couldn't explain why that was. And we just didn't bother to question it. it yeah. You <laughs> so, developed your self-trust. Yeah, it's it's so important. We all have, you know, a certain level of 
trauma or and or not believing in ourselves um and this this is just a really great way to to get to know yourself better or if you have gifts how you know how and we all do as aria has said to expand that exponentially i just i don't know it's probably the greatest experience i've had in terms of of self healing and finding a path forward like after that i was like oh I want to do this. You know, the idea for the podcast came years later. I believe all of that was an evolution of taking uh, your course. I learned so much and continue Thank to. You. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Yeah. You are just such a beautiful gift. Oh, and I love that. I don't know if I, can I say the thing, the before and after the pictures that we did? So at the beginning of the course, we all had to, you know, do a selfie or take a photo of ourselves and you know, for, for the class, this is our class. And then at the end of the course, we all took another photo. <laughs> and it's like, it's not about aesthetics, but how beautiful everybody already was, but how that just, whew, right? And you can see it visibly in photographs, how profoundly changed that we were. It, And I can just say, but it's the feeling. For me, it was more the feeling, like this lightness and this just feeling full. Like I said on that first day in the letter to myself, just feeling full and, and not feeling lack. And anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Yeah. Uh, what are your wishes for, for 2023 for, for like, what do you see? What do you feel? What's needed? I don't know. I kind of just want to know what's on your heart move as we're moving through this solstice from fall into winter and into a, a new year yeah yeah um what what i'm feeling and it feels to me what most people are feeling is like a deeper value of each other you know like really um knowing that that we need to you know reach out and give care you know where needed and um and also, you know, really good self-care, right? Really good self-care. And I think that this, this is a year that's going to, I think the world has been turning very strongly in these last two years, but I think this one is gonna become more visible. You know, people are gonna be able to see the shifts mm. um, toward the positive and thank goodness. And, um, Yeah, I mean, for me, everything is about, you know, uh, gratitude for the sweetness of life and to really just receive it and, um, and to let the people that we, know, we love uh, know, right? It's just really, and, and in, in a light way, again, you know, just like the, a little uplifting to me, that, that, that's my jam. That's what I like to do. Yeah, embracing the sweetness of life. I yes. love that. Oh, that might be that might be the title of this episode. I'm gonna have to do it. Do it. That's perfect. <laughs> it feels like it feels like you. Oh, Aurea, thank you so so much for carving out this time. I know you have a new little puppy, and you've been so good. We haven't heard like a little peep this whole time, and I know you're you know preparing for the new year and always have all these things going on so I I greatly appreciate your time your wisdom your your love most of all I know that that's 
your main reason for being here is just, you know, to love and to teach the rest of us how to <laughs> love ourselves and each other a little, a little bit more um, comprehensively. Yeah, thank you, thank yeah. you for seeing me and honoring me and um, you, you're, you're a gem. Thank you for doing this show. Thank you for, you know, hold, holding that more community heart. Yeah, you're welcome. Oh, and I would be remiss. I have to thank Angie Hensley for introducing me to you all those oh. years, years ago, because she was the one who, um, who told me about you and about this course and I was instantly intrigued and so I, I owe a huge debt a, a light-hearted debt to uh <laughs> to Angie for introducing me to you so that we are friends forever more now mm, yes blessings out to Angie yeah and really to all the MU1 people I I tell people often and I actually have a picture of you guys on my refrigerator right now <laughs> <clears throat> and I tell people that this group are, are all my soul family and they literally came to um, help download Magdalene University onto the planet. You know, mm -hmm. these are my, my soulmates. I still know all of you and, yeah. you know, you're my, you're my family. So, and since we then we did it. We I did know. In each class, I know somebody usually who's gone in there because they've <laughs> heard about you from me or somebody else, you know, our, our community is, is growing and it's, um, it's a beautiful thing. It's really a beautiful uh -oh. thing. Oh, so listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And for those of you on, on YouTube for watching and spending this time with us, I want to encourage you to follow up on the, the resources that I provide in the show notes and on social media get in touch with Aria, even just have like a quick phone call, ask your questions, see if this is right for you. You might see a picture of me on her website, <laughs> along with our first MU um, group. As you know, I don't have anybody on the show um, that I don't know personally, or if at least not gotten to know quite well personally, um, even if it's only been online, but Aria have definitely spent hundreds of hours in person. <laughs> Um, with and uh, meeting online is actually new for us so this was a stretch yes fun really I fun. know it's so fun um, but as we close out this session I want to thank you for another wonderful year of my yoga audio we're closing out our third season <laughs> and just gonna keep going because you can't finish off a year with Aria and not <laughs> not go somewhere else exciting in 2023. So just so you know, there's already two more interviews booked. So there's going to be um, more interviews coming your way. Send us your feedback, myyogaaudio at gmail.com. As always, I'm your host, Megan Morgan. And it's always a great time for your mind and your body to be on the mat. Mm -hmm.